This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, welcome back. Silver and black today, the post-game edition, the Raiders 40 to 34 winners in overtime. Yes, it had to be in overtime. They couldn't do it in regular <laughs> standard four quarters. They had to play that fifth quarter, but it works out great for the Raiders. This is Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Scott Branson, your host, along with the voice of the fan, Murph, from Raiders Fan Radio is with us, and we are talking about this game. Also, you look at, again, from an offensive standpoint, we talked about Josh Jacobs, 33 carries, 229 yards. Zamir White finally got two carries, 28 yards, yeah. had a couple nice runs, as well as Amir Abdullah with three for 16 and Derek Carr for two for 10. And then receiving Devontae Adams seemed like a quiet night, but he had big catches when he needed to. Seven grabs for 74 yards, targeted 11 times. Touchdowns from Mac Hollins, Amir Abdullah receiving, as well as Foster Moreau, and of course the big run by Josh Jacobs. All right, so Murph, let's get into the things that could have gone better, despite the fact that everybody should feel good about uh, tonight's win. Uh, you look at the fact that um, that third, or excuse me, fourth and inches uh, near midfield for the Raiders. Josh Jacobs is running all over the Seattle defense. So you understand, hey, I'll, I'll go to Jacobs too. You also talked about Yaakib Johnson, how he was going nuts. He was slaying people I said he was murdering people at the line. Some of the blocks early in that game, I oh, felt yeah. them at home. I mean, my bones rattled. <laughs> this guy yeah. uh, was just phenomenal. And so they line up. I'm thinking quarterback, or I'm thinking you, you, you put the two backs and you just let him do his thing. Instead, Josh McJan McDaniels does a pitch that's basically four yards back. The Raiders lose yardage. Ball goes back to Seattle, who ends up, goes down and scores. Um, these are the kind of plays that you're still seeing a handful of during games, and they can have significant impact. It's the only thing, in my view, 
that worries me about Josh McDaniels, and he's learning. And I guess now they're four and seven. To your point, this isn't like a, a seven and three or an eight and two football team where they're thinking about playoff seating. They're just trying to figure it all out. Still, though, you see plays like that, and you just gotta wonder. Hmm. Now we're not coaches. I have not accomplished anything that Josh McDaniels has accomplished, Murph. But those kind of things, they drive fans crazy. I can only imagine how some of those players feel on the field, even if they're believing in themselves. I don't understand either. And I've never understood something, frankly, about uh, Derek Carr on short yardage. And I don't think it's Derek's fault. Uh, why is it that we don't sneak the ball more? Yes. I mean, you got gang gangly Tom Brady, who is like can, can <laughs> lean forward and seemingly pick up two yards at any time. You got Derek Carr, who's, you know, 6'3", 215 some odd pounds. We know he's a big, strong guy. We've seen, you know, Lord, he doesn't own any shirts without sleeves. We know he's got, we know he's a big, strong guy. Like, why don't we just have him lean forward and pick up? Like, we, ne and, and I, and I can't think that there's something that Derek is incapable of, but no one's ever done it. Like, I don't know how many sneaks that guy's got in his career, but it isn't many because he, we don't rarely ever see him do it. And I've never understood that of why the Raiders don't just let him freaking like, you know, just just lean forward and get behind freaking Andre James and at the time Rodney Hudson and just freaking get that six, six inches. And so, yeah, so I'm with you. It's a very frustrating thing. And then especially knowing that Josh Jacobs, like his strength and and I get, you know, the, the, the running off tackle and I get all that and creating space. And on that on that 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 short yardage play, they spread everybody out and they pitched him out. And so that things because they were trying to create room out there. But to me, it's I've just never understood it. It was it used to drive me nuts with Marshawn when we needed when it was a third and one and we pitch it out to him, make him run seven to get one. And here we got another case of it. You need six inches, like or why not Jakob Johnson? Why just turn <laughs> yeah. around and give it to him? You know what I mean? Or have Derek step out and direct snap it to Josh. Or I don't know. There's something else creative you can do, not only within the tackle box, but within the guard box. Like just freaking yeah. punch that sucker up in there. And it's real. It's real interesting. Uh, and I'm sure I'm sure in the postgame press conference, which we'll analyze on the next show. And I know you guys talk about on your show on Wednesday as well. I'm sure they'll talk about it. Somebody in the media corps will ask about it. It just it seems odd to me because I think everything else with Josh McDaniels that was really frustrating and you could see from the outside from a coaching perspective, especially on offensive play calling, has gotten better, I believe, over the, la the last three weeks. OK, so you've seen it markedly yeah. get better. You're starting to see plays that are going. The trick plays aside, which, of course, the flea flicker worked beautifully today, as you mentioned earlier. But when you look at that, you think to yourself, OK, everything else seems to be trending in the right direction, the players on board, they believe in it, they're executing those plays, but then you see those plays and you just wonder what is it about it? And maybe somebody out there in the chat will tell us because uh, I know we have a bunch of coaches and stuff that watch us, but, but I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure why it happens, but I know for a fan, it gets very frustrating because you just don't know in a play. So now the Raiders next week, they go in uh, back home and they're going to play the chargers who had a big win today uh, on the road as well. And so, so you, you, you're going to face a better team, I think, in some ways, a matchup. And it's an intra-division meeting as well with the Chargers, the hated Chargers. And so it's going to be a lot different. And so a play like that, luckily the Raiders recovered from it, but you don't always recover from plays like that. Yeah, and of course, like you said, you know, no one knows coaching more than YouTube and no one knows, you know, <laughs> general managing better than Twitter, right? Like, why That's go right. back and watch old Vince Lombardi videos when you can go to YouTube? Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, but, but, but I'm with you. It is confusing, and I'm looking forward to those answers as well. I mean, 
I, I think that there's a while you, and, and not to just completely reiterate what you said, Scott, but, but I thought it was a very salient point that like, you know, Josh uh, McDaniels has clearly improved on his play calling in terms of like, I think he might be accept, accepting some of the limitations that we have on offense, maybe accepting some of the, you know, the lack of understanding or lack of knowledge, or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's just lack of familiarity. Maybe it's lack of talent, whatever those things are. It felt like he started to like pull back away from that, the cuteness factor a little yeah, bit. I and agree. then was a little more strategic with the cuteness factor. And, and we like, again, we saw it a couple times tonight. One worked tremendously. One didn't work so well. Um, but then overall, though, it seemed to seemingly looked pretty good. Um, you know, then again, this, so again, it comes down to execution. And, you know, I think Derek's got a few throws he wants back on there, uh, you know, it, during the game. But then that said, then you got the, the Devontae Adams, though, bailing him out on a, on, a, on a couple throws, one in particular. That, that one-handed grab might be the most underrated pass catch that we've seen all year long and i know it wasn't like some crazy obj like it was super high elevation back up but just the idea that the, the it's to me this is and i and i won't go all on a tangent here scott but <laughs> one of the most amazing things about cliff branch about watching cliff branch play yes he was fast he was incredibly fast but what made him great what made him a hall of famer was his ability to adjust to the football like yeah. that's what made him great because he was so fast and so explosive to still be able to adjust to the football at the last second. That's what made him great. He did in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. Seeing Devontae Adams do what he did tonight to make that absolute last second adjustment to where the defender had no idea what was going on and pull that sucker in with one hand. That was impressive. Like if you're a fan amazing. of football watching a play like that, I mean, just amazing. So anyways, I know we're on coaching and all that, but I thought that, you know, no, that's the, huge. It's just, that was, those are the kind of things that that makes coaching good, right? When, yeah. when you have that sure. kind of execution or success on the field, that makes the coaching look that much even better. Well, and, and, and I'm not getting lost in the fact that they won the game and there were great calls too. I mean, I'm, we're just focusing on these because it happened several times during the game. Uh, and it's just one of those things you want to talk about because anytime you win a ball game, of course, you want to give credit for all the things that went right. But you also continue to look at improvement. And so how do you improve things? And that's certainly one of the improvement. But you mentioned the Devonte Adams catch phenomenal. He was held as well. That's what made it even. That's why he yes. had to catch it with yes. one hand. Um, and again, I know Raider fans really like to complain about the referees, and I understand it. I don't do it as much, and I tend to give you guys crap about it. Um, and so I'm not going to complain about it, but that should have been a call. It was not a call. It should have been a call. That that crew, by the way, not only on Raider games, that crew, every game I watch them are terrible. So it's just a bad crew. And so there was calls terrible on both sides of the ball and, and the 10-minute freaking review uh, on the DK Metcalf no-catch. Oh. I mean, this is where, but see, I always tell people this somewhere, as bad as that is, people, oh, things got to change. This is ridiculous. How does the NFL allow this to happen? It was longer than a baseball replay, which it was, um, is the fact that the NFL doesn't care because you keep buying the product. <laughs> so we all watch football and we, we love to complain about it, but it doesn't make ratings go down. So unless it does, unless they lose money, they're just going to be content to let those little things happen, which is unfortunate. Uh, but I, I wanna, like that. And go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was, and like, and like OG Raider fan will tell you, you know, hey, look, we've always had this. This has always been the condition of Raider teams. But guess what? We used to win anyways. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? So I would true. just say this to your Raider fan. Like, don't act brand new, as the kids would say, right? Like, <laughs> this is the what happens to us. So we're just going to win anyways, right? Absolutely. There you go. Defense, though, again, I want to, because the Raiders have had how many seasons now trouble 
sacking the quarterback, right? And it's been it's been a contention this year too. They only had nine sacks coming into this game. Excuse me, they only had fourteen sacks coming in or fifteen coming into the game. Uh, I'm getting my number wrong. I should have wrote it down. But anyway, Max Crosby had nine of those. You come in today, Max Crosby has a sack and a half to to bump that up. Billings had a sack, and also Bilal Nichols had a half sack with Max Crosby on the one on Geno Smith. So good to see that as well, and some of these numbers uh, going in the positive direction. Murph, you look at this team now, one, two in a row. Again, anytime you're not going to make up for talent deficiencies. Let's be straight about that. But what you do is you continue to gain confidence. You play better, hopefully. You play to the full extent of your abilities at the very least. So that's what you have to hope from this Raiders team. As they get set to go home for the first time in three weeks and host the Chargers uh, in in a big game, because the Chargers and the Raiders are 2-2 and in the division. I know, I know the Chiefs are there and all that jazz, but at least you can start to look at that and say, hey, you know what, let's get a game up in the division and be just behind the leader in the division. You could get second place in the division. Little things sometimes uh, can make you feel better, and that could be one for Raider Nation. But going into this game, that confidence, these two wins, no matter how they won the game, is big for this team as they continue to build that confidence and believe in themselves, believe in the system, believe in their coach. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, that's a great call out, Scott. And, you know, and road wins in the NFL are, are not easy. You know what I mean? So now to, to, to go back home after, after beating the donkeys and, that, you know, and, and now and beating the sea chickens and now we got a shot at the dolts, you know, which when we know we can take care of business <laughs> at Allegiant Stadium, it's how we ended the season last year. You know, I think the Raiders are going to have a lot of confidence going into this game. I think Raider Nation is going to be firing all, on all cylinders. I'm, I'm trusting that with this recent run of success, we'll see, a, you know, maybe not so much, you know, that stupid powder blue and yellow in the stands. And <laughs> you know, Raider fan will show up and, and, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll support our boys and, and, and get the, keep this thing going, man. Cause you know, look, it, it's, I look at it like this and this is just, and I'm not going to tell anybody how to fan their fandom and I respect all Raider fans, whatever your take is, as long as you're passionate about this football team, I don't care about anything else. Everybody's got their own takes. Everybody's got their own opinions. My opinion, though, is this, is that in a season like this, where it, it, the expectations were high, they performed low early on, I look for things to root for. And, you know, you start with your division. Can we win some division games? Yeah. Those got to be now our Super Bowls. Yeah, it's nice to beat, uh, you know, the Seahawks, but can we beat the Chargers, a team that, that freaking took us out earlier in the year? Can we beat them? Can we beat the Niners? Can we beat the Chiefs? Can we get an advantage in the division? Look, I don't want my team to finish third in the division. I don't, certainly don't want them to finish last. So just like you're saying, Scott, if we can leapfrog the, the, the Chargers and, and then take our position right behind the Chiefs in second place, like that makes me proud as a Raider fan because that means that our team is better than two of the others within our division. And so like those things, you start to at least build, you know, I mean, I'm always proud to be a Raider fan that will never subside, but it makes yeah. you proud of their performance on the field, which is, you know, it's, it's, kind of a nice to have it's not a must for me but it's a nice to have that the team actually does well so despite how the thing started despite whether our, our whether we're going to make the playoffs or not despite where we're going to draft none of that crap matters all i care about <laughs> is how this team finishes out how we look week to week and i'll say one last thing to those of you that are that are really hammering on this draft thing 
lighten up, man. Look, if you've got a good GM, <laughs> he's going to freaking draft well. Okay. Yeah. Like yep. d- look at all the different drafts that the, the, that the Steelers have had over the years yeah. or that the Patriots have had over the years. They never were drafted in the top 10. So don't give me that whole like, no, idea or notion that we have to be in any particular position to perform well in the draft. The draft is a damn crapshoot. We got 800 freaking picks. Let's let Dave Ziegler go to work, do what he does best, and hopefully pull some damn talent in this draft and not sweat where we draft. Like, really? Like, come on. We're barely halfway through the season, and we're worried about where the Raiders are going to draft. Let's just worry about just win, baby. What a concept. (laughs) And you know what? The draft thing comes down to this. Yes, there will be great players at the top of the draft, defensively, offensively. But my read on the Raider fans who are really focused – on staying in the top 10 of the draft is because they want another quarterback. And and look, if that's your oh, view, to- good, yeah. but, but if that's their view, totally fine with that. I'm somewhere in the middle with that equation. And so I get it. I understand it. They need the quarterback of the future. There might be a quarterback of the future that you could develop later in the draft. Uh, but a lot of people want that quarterback because it's a good quarterback class. So I think that's where the division line comes back. If you're happy with Derek Carr, want him to be back next year, then you don't really care about being in the top 10 or even really top 12. Uh, If you do want another quarterback, you absolutely want to be there. So I think there's some of that involved here because everything has to come back to the common denominator, which is number four, right? I mean, it just seems like it has to. Um, And that's fine. People have their view. And you know, and maybe we pull a Hendon Hooker or something in the fourth round and develop him and let him recover from his ACL and be 45 years old when he's a rookie or whatever the heck is going on (laughs) with that guy. But but you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there's options for the team, but like, you know, the, the old adage goes, Scott, and I will stand by this forever, is that you draft superstars in the first round, sure. You draft mm-hmm. the, you, the, the flashy, but you draft championship teams and depth in the later rounds. That's mm-hmm. where you build your team. And yeah. so, like, that to me is way more important than a top five pick. Particularly third and fourth round. I mean, you look at currently the Raiders whiffed on a lot of those. Although They hit on the fourth rounder with Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro. If he can come back and play like he has – then you still got some of those guys around. And that's where you can really, uh, I say, butter your toast, if you will, uh, with that. Yes. But Murph, the other thing here, too, and, and again, people know I'm not I'm not here. I don't blow smoke and rainbows up your backside. OK, but you you look at you look at the Raiders and you say, OK, they've won two in a row now. Lots of things to fix, but a very good game, a very good performance overall. When you look at what they were able to do on the road two weeks in a row against a Denver team that might be the worst offense in the history of the NFL, and I'm not kidding when I say that. Um, But they now host the Chargers. If they can beat the Chargers, all right, and then they're going to face a bad Rams team on Thursday night, I'm telling you, you suddenly could say Raiders win five in a row. I know I'm getting ahead. I'm putting the cart before the horse here. All I'm saying, though, is you build and you build and you take one game at a time, right? So you got to worry about the Chargers only. But I'm telling you, the Raiders can start to really put together something here that makes them feel good about themselves. And more importantly, it gives Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels the ability to, and I had somebody on Twitter calling me out because I said they should run Jacobs less tonight because we knew coming in, he was injured. Now maybe that was all folly and it wasn't as true as we thought it was because he certainly didn't look like he had anything wrong with him. But I do think, you know, we saw Zamir White on a couple plays. I think you need to see more of him. You need to see some more of these guys. And and they seem to do that. It's not huge amounts of carries. It might be two carries here, three carries there, whatever it is. But I think if you can start to put these together and start to put guys in and understand what their ability is but still win ball games, that really is the perfect combination. And I, I think the, the Raiders, 
if they play and tighten up a little bit from where they were tonight and stick with the Chargers, it's going to be tough because of the defense. I understand that. But if the offense can continue to execute well, if they can get Renfro and Waller back soon, they might be able to go on a little run, which is what I thought Raider fans should look at is, hey, that's our playoffs. If we can get a nice three, four, five game run and beat a couple rivals in the in the process, good for them. Yeah, you know, and that was what we were looking for earlier in the season, you know, and then we had that as an unfortunate couple games like against the Jaguars and whatnot. And so, um, you know, things didn't quite take the momentum turn that we expected they would, but it, it, but it kind of did. It just did it a couple games too late. And so I'm with you. And so if we can turn this thing around, like, I'm again, I'm not, yes, I'm a delusional Raider fan. I will own that because that's just, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to, whatever. But, uh, but, you know, but I think there is a, if you can look at this thing objectively, there is a very real world scenario where, like you said, we know we can beat the Chargers. Anything can happen in a division game anyways, but they're not world beaters this year. And then we're going to take on the Rams and clearly they're not world beaters this year. Um, So yeah, there's a very real world scenario where the Raiders go on a really good run. And when teams go on really good runs and you're playing confident, like that's where the whole thing, and we've talked about this numerous times, then all of a sudden, the culture of the locker room, the culture of the organization, and I don't think it's unhealthy now, but that culture of that expectation of winning can yes. propel teams that are mediocre or maybe you know lacking talent in certain areas to overperform and to outplay. And so then mm-hmm. we do finally go to Arrowhead at the end of the year, or we do, you know what I mean? When we do start to have those yeah. types of more consequential football games, you know, like I'll. I was worried that we were going to get flexed out of the Sunday night game, most importantly, because we're going to that game uh, against the Patriots on Sunday night football. But I'm thinking, oh, there's no way they're going to let our two teams play for it. But if all of a sudden the Raiders are on a run and the Patriots are looking at a potential playoff spot, all of a sudden that Sunday night game has some serious consequence. Absolutely. And it matters. It yeah. absolutely matters. And so that now the Raiders are going to be on the biggest of stages. They're going to, if, if, if and it's an if, but I would, I would hope that there's an opportunity for us to, to build on these next couple of games. And then all of a sudden we're playing yeah. New England at home on Sunday night football with, with consequence. Who knows what they can do on the, in a game like that. So I think it's, I think there's, a, there's still a lot to look forward to in this season. Absolutely. And, and it's most definitely one game at a time. You have the chargers coming up on Sunday and that's who they need to focus on but it would be great for this team to factor into the playoffs, even if they aren't going to the playoffs. Meaning, imagine you can spoil seeding for the Chiefs the last that last game of the season, or you can spoil the Chargers even getting into the playoffs or any of the AFC teams uh, that the Raiders compete against. It would be phenomenal to be able to do that uh, in a season where you've seen this. Just looking for growth, looking for the team improving in key areas, uh, all three phases of the game, playing good complementary football. Even if they would have lost tonight, again, you and I talked about it last week, even if they had lost tonight in overtime by a field goal because of what happened, you'd have to say, hey, look, Yes, defense still deficient, but you know what? They went out, they played hard, it went back and forth, they executed when they did, and the other team was just better and at home, right? But they didn't. They they pulled it out, which was a big deal, to win in overtime 40 and put up 40 points uh, on that Seattle defense, which isn't the best in the world, but a pretty good defense and a team that came into that game at 6-4, and four, I believe. So uh, a good night overall, Murph, uh, and now they get ready for the Chargers. It should be an exciting week. I think the fans will be uh, riled up. And, of course, 
Charger fans, uh, because they won a game at the end, are going to be talking a lot of trash to Raider Nation. I enjoy the back and forth since I grew up a Charger fan um, and used to follow the team. So it'll be a fun week for that. But uh, Murph, tell everybody, too, about your show, because I want to make sure before we go, we like to do that. Tell everybody about Raiders Fan Radio. Tell everybody about the One Nation Foundation as well. I know you'll be in Las Vegas. I think it's in December 16th. Is that the date Um, for the for the Blitnikoff Crab uh, event? So tell everybody about that and tell everybody when they can watch the show. I appreciate that, Scott. Yeah, so we go live on YouTube at youtube.com slash Raiders Fan Radio uh, every week on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, You can join us there live or you can find our show on any audio podcast just by searching Raiders Fan Radio. And uh, any of the the support that you give us uh, through our show, uh, it uh, introduces new advertising opportunities for us. So we appreciate your support in that way. And what we do with that money, whether it be from advertising uh, or direct donations that we get on the Super Chat and YouTubes or any of the money that we raise with Raiders Fan Radio, we give it to uh, our nonprofit, which is called the One Nation Foundation. You can find that at onenationfoundation.net. And uh, we give to all exclusively to Raiders-related charities. And as Scott mentioned, we're giving to the Bolitnikoffs uh, coming up here in just a few weeks, coming up quick at their annual Crab Fest and, uh, and look forward to being there and presenting a, a big fat five-figure check uh, on yes. behalf of our listeners and behalf of our audience to the Bolitnikoffs. Uh, we appreciate them very much. And, uh, and, 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 and for those of you that are on the video here, I'm wearing the Raiders fan radio holiday shirt. Oh, you can get this thing. It's only going to be available until, uh, until the end of the year. And 100% of that money is going to go to our nonprofit. So we appreciate again, all your support. And even if you can't help us out monetarily, uh, just give us a like, give us a thumbs up, smash the bell, stab the links as the kids say, <laughs> do all that crazy stuff. Uh, and just help us um, out, get the word out for Raiders fan radio. And we appreciate you very much. And, uh, and Scott, yeah, as, as always, my friend, I appreciate you. And the platform that you give us here on Silver and Black today is always very, very much appreciated. Oh, we appreciate you guys. And they do such great work. And it's it's really about Raider Nation helping Raider Nation and helping the world around them, joining together as a family, as a community. And uh, luckily, through the One Nation Foundation, Murph and his team are able to do that. It's amazing, amazing work. And Murph, we love having you on the show to hear from you. And I know uh, it's a popular segment, and we certainly appreciate that. And we will talk to you next week. Hopefully after a Raider win against the Chargers at home, right? Absolutely. So I'll be, I'm going to be back in the great state of Mississippi next week, too. <laughs> I'll be coming to you live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook at the Gold nice. Strike Casino. Yeah, so that ought to look be fun. That. But, yeah, but look, look forward to that and, uh, and appreciate you uh, very, very much, Scott. Look forward to seeing you, Raider Nation. See you next week. Let's go beat the Dolts! There you go. Follow Murph on Twitter, by the way, at underscore Murph is where you can find him. Of course, Raiders Fan Radio as well on Twitter. And do me the favor, make sure you go over to YouTube and follow them. Hit that notifications bell and take part in their show. It's great, great fun. I'm in there uh, and always just laugh. I'm usually having a cigar and a bourbon when I watch them because that's the kind of show it is, by the way. It's awesome. It's great. So make sure you do that as well. Do us a favor, too. Make sure you subscribe to our show podcast as well. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, we are an Odyssey original podcast. We appreciate it. We're still third in the country behind the Eagles and Cowboys podcast. So the more you download, the more you can put subscriptions up there and also do auto downloads, the more I help. Because I know Raider Nation doesn't want to lose to the Eagles or the Cowboys, even in the podcast world. So help us do that. But Mo and I, very, very humbled uh, by your support for us to be number three out of 32 
32 teams is amazing. Not only that, but we're top 10 amongst all of their sports uh, sports podcasts. They are a huge network odyssey. Of course, they own a bunch of radio stations, including 98.5 The Fan, where you can hear our show on Sundays at 9 a.m. as well. So uh, make sure you do that. Also subscribe here to our YouTube channel so you see our new videos. Hit subscription plus the notifications bell. And also, we will be back on Tuesday. Momotin will be back. Yes, he's finally better. He was back working football today. And so we're glad that he's got his voice back and he can actually come back on with us on Tuesday. So for Murph, for Momotin, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black today. Raiders 40 to 34 winners over the Seattle Seahawks in overtime, moving the record to four and seven. It's a win for Raider Nation. Enjoy your week and we will talk to you guys on Tuesday. Thanks.